Hey there, you. Welcome back to the Straight A Nursing Podcast. I'm Nurse Mo, and this is episode 215. We're diving into pharmacology today, talking about bisphosphonates. Before we do that, I always take a moment to thank everyone who sends in a review, a testimonial, anything like that. And this one goes out to someone who left a review on Apple iTunes. So it's their Apple iTunes name, I think. And I don't know how to pronounce it. So it's, I don't even know if it's initial last name. I don't know. A-L-I-G-O-R-O-N-S-K-Y. I don't know how to say that. So um, if this is you, um, here is my shout out to you. I want to thank you for sending this in. So you say, Nurse Mo, I can't even begin to explain how much this podcast means to me. I'm a first semester nursing student and you're the best teacher I've ever had. You make things so much clearer to understand. Super difficult topics seem simple and make me feel so much better about not knowing how to pronounce some med names. Thank you so much for all that you do. It's such an amazing resource to have. P.S. I love the pod quizzes so much. So yeah, this made me laugh because I do have trouble with the med names, you guys. When I am recording pharmacology episodes or episodes with drug names in them, I've got open right next to uh, my document with the things that I'm going to talk about. I've got a Google search and how to pronounce is the key thing. How to pronounce and then I put in the drug name and that is how I do it. And even then sometimes I mess it up because they're hard. So don't feel bad about not being able to pronounce some of them. They are tricky. And if you're wondering what a pod quiz is that this person mentions, pod quizzes are when I ask some questions at the end of the episode, give you some time to answer, and it's kind of like doing flashcards with your ears. So we'll do a few pod quiz questions at the end of this episode so you can kind of test your understanding of bisphosphonates. And if you like that style of review, I have an entire podcast called Study Sesh where that's mostly all the episodes are pod quizzes on a big variety of med surge, pediatric, pharmacology, fundamentals, topics. That's what's in there at this time. And I believe there's over 90 episodes that are pod quizzes on those topics. There's also drills, which is where we just go over and over and over and over things so that you can memorize because some there are a few things you need to memorize, like the cranial nerves, okay? there's That's not a concept, right? Knowing that cranial nerve number whatever is the cranial nerve that does this. That's a memorization thing. We drill things like that. And then we do some case studies and we do what is called a power hour where I take a concept that is key and we dive deep into it. So study sesh is super cool. You can check it out. I'll put the link in the episode notes. So a few weeks back, I did an episode on osteoporosis And that was episode 203. So if you want to check that out now before you listen to this deep dive into bisphosphonates or if you want to listen to it after, perfect, but they will go really well together. And when we look at osteoporosis, one of the mainstays of treatment is a class of drug called bisphosphonates. To learn what you need to know for exams and clinicals, I like to use a framework that just kind of identifies the key things, and that's the straight A nursing drugs framework. There are two R's in drugs. It's drugs. So that first letter in that framework is a D, and that stands for the drug 
class. So let's talk about the drug class bisphosphonates. So bisphosphonates are a pharmacologic class of drugs used to treat disorders of the bone by inhibiting osteoclast activity. Recall from your anatomy and physiology class that osteoclasts are cells that break down bone. By inhibiting their formation and action, we inhibit the breakdown, the resorption of bone, and this leads to increased bone mineral density. Okay, so I'm going to say that again in case this is a new concept or a review from way back when. Bisphosphonates treat disorders of the bone by inhibiting osteoclast activity. Now, osteoclasts are those cells that break down bone. So by inhibiting those cells, we inhibit the breakdown or resorption of bone, which leads to increased bone mineral density. Okay, does that make sense? Perfect. So we're going to be looking at a few different bisphosphonates. And the next letter in the drugs framework is R, and that is for routes of administration. How are these medications given? Bisphosphonates can be given as a pill, PO, or IV. Now, not all are both. Some are one or the other, and some are um, both, okay? So alendronate, which also goes by brand name Fosamax. I don't like using the brand name on this one because it's so close to another drug called Flomax, which is used to treat benign prosthetic hypertrophy or the symptoms of benign prosthetic hypertrophy. So Alendronate is much more clear. And this one is a tablet. It's a tablet the patient takes by mouth, can also be in an effervescent tablet to put in some water and drink. To me, that sounds like it tastes really bad, but what do I know? And it can also be made into an elixir, okay? Alendronate. And then we have resedronate, which goes by brand name Actinel. So resedronate is another tablet, PO, and that is available as immediate release. So just your standard tablet, but there's also an extended release version. And then ibandronate is another medication, PO, but it also comes in IV form, ibandronate. And the brand name here is Boniva. But you're noticing as we go through these generic names, right, these actual pharmacologic names, alendronate, resedronate, ibandronate, what are they all ending in? They're all ending in A-T-E. Now, That does not necessarily mean all bisphosphonates end in ATE or that all drugs that end in ATE are bisphosphonates, but that is a bit of a naming convention so that when you see this drug, you could think, I wonder if that's a bisphosphonate. I'm going to check that out. So knowing the naming conventions is really, really helpful. I do have a download, a free download that I will link to in the episode notes that has the more common ones available for you to learn, which can really kind of fast track your learning and studying and understanding of pharmacology. So if you're interested in getting that, that will be in the episode notes. Pamidronate is another one, again, ending in that ATE that is an IV medication. 
pomandronate. And then there's one that does not end in the A-T-E. And that is zoledronic acid. And that is also an IV-only medication. So again, there are quite a few here. The main things to know for routes of administration in this area is that it could be PO and it could be IV. There is that one that is both, abandronate. So the next letter in the drugs framework is another R, and that stands for regular dose range. Now, I always take issue if nursing schools make you memorize this information. To me, this is easily accessible in any drug guide, probably in any electronic health record or intranet when you're working at the hospital. Like there should be pretty much no barrier to on the fly, as you are preparing your meds to give, looking up the regular dose range because it's just numbers, right? It's just numbers that you have to memorize. But you are going to have exams and you may need to know this. So instead of memorizing like the nitty gritty, okay, you're not prescribing this, right? You don't have to memorize the nitty gritty, but it might be helpful to know like eh, the kind of range so that when you see something way outside of it, your safety alarm bells go off. Now, that does not mean that you do not look up every single drug that you give and know every single drug that you give inside and out. But for your exams, you may not have the resource to go look something up, so knowing that regular dose range can be helpful. So when we're looking at alendronate, so I'm just talking about alendronate, because it's the most commonly prescribed of the bisphosphonates, the standard dose ranges are going to be twofold, one for osteoporosis prevention and one for osteoporosis treatment. So as you can probably imagine, the prevention dose is lower, and that's five milligrams per day. Or if the individual is taking it once a week, that would be 35 milligrams once a week. Okay, so five per day or 35 a week. And then for treatment of osteoporosis, 10 milligrams per day or 70 milligrams once per week. That's the regular dose range. That does not mean that the MD might choose a different amount. This is what is in a drug reference guide, okay? And most likely, hopefully, your school is going off of standardized doses from a drug reference guide. Of course, if they give you a different number, you're going to be using that number for your exams, of course. Okay, so the next letter in this framework is a U, and that stands for the uses of bisphosphonates. So the key use of bisphosphonates is in the treatment of bone disorders, and this includes osteoporosis, which I just talked about, osteopenia, Paget's disease, hypercalcemia secondary to malignancy, and the treatment of some cancers. So again, that was osteoporosis osteopenia, Paget's disease, hypercalcemia secondary to malignancy, and the treatment of some cancers. But I would say for your exams, it's most likely going to be in the context of osteoporosis. So let's look at some of the key features of each of those medications that I talked about earlier when we went over the routes of administration. So Alendronate, also goes by brand name 
Fosamax, but let's call it Alendronate. This is that PO medication, and it is mainly used for osteoporosis and to prevent the progression of Paget's disease. Studies show that Alendronate increases bone mineral density more than Resedronate does. Now, Resedronate, which goes by the brand name Actonel, Resedronate is a PO medication used for osteoporosis, including corticosteroid-induced osteoporosis and Paget's disease in men and women. And then we have ibandronate. And do you remember anything about ibandronate from earlier when I was talking about it? This is the one that can be PO and IV. And this is used to treat postmenopausal osteoporosis. The studies show that ibandronate is specifically helpful for reducing vertebral fractures. So again, if you're interested in learning more about osteoporosis, I encourage you to go back and listen to that episode. Pamandronate is an IV medication that could be used to treat osteoporosis in individuals who cannot tolerate the oral bisphosphonates. And you'll understand why as we get into the adverse effects of bisphosphonates. It's also used to treat hypercalcemia and to prevent skeletal complications associated with breast cancer, prostate cancer, and multiple myeloma. That was pomidronate. And then zoledronic acid, the brand name, there's actually two, and they each are used kind of differently. So I will be talking about the brand names here. Zometa, pretty sure that's how that's pronounced, is used in the treatment of malignancy-related hypercalcemia and for the treatment of multiple myeloma and bone metastasis of solid tumors. Okay, so that was Zometa. And then the formulation that goes by the name Reclast, R-E-C-L-A-S-T, is utilized for Paget's disease, osteoporosis in men, osteoporosis in postmenopausal women, and osteoporosis secondary to long-term glucocorticoid use. Both formulations are administered IV. That was zaladronic acid. So you may see bisphosphonates used for some off-label conditions such as osteogenesis imperfecta in both pediatric and adult patients. But that's a pretty rare condition, but do know that you could possibly see that. With graduation season already in motion, now is the time to plan for the next steps in your career. When I began my career, I remember feeling all the things. I was overwhelmed, but also so excited to finally be starting my career I'd worked so hard for. I was stressed, but also really fascinated by everything I was learning. And I often felt inadequate, as many new grads do, but was also so proud that I'd landed my dream job in the ICU. And I was also really, really thankful that I was in a residency program that helped me deal with all these complex thoughts and feelings of uncertainty, which is why I recommend checking out the nurse residency program with HCA Healthcare. 
HCA Healthcare's year-long nurse residency program is tailored to support newly graduated nurses and ease that first-year anxiety. With benefits like continued education, including state-of-the-art simulation training, student loan assistance and tuition reimbursement, endless career growth opportunities, and more. Plus, HCA Healthcare gives you the opportunity to advance your career in one of the largest healthcare systems in the country. And you'll have support from a community of caring, experienced nurses and fellow nurse residents. Don't wait. Students who are preparing to graduate and recent grads are eligible to apply to the nurse residency program at HCA Healthcare. Learn more today at careers.hcahealthcare.com residency. Again, that's careers.hcahealthcare.com residency. HCA Healthcare, an equal opportunity employer. So moving into the next letter in the drugs framework, we have the guidelines. We're looking here at administration guidelines, assessment guidelines, and teaching guidelines for bisphosphonates. So looking at administration, this is probably the part that if I was writing exam questions, this would definitely be one of the things on the exams. So oral bisphosphonates absolutely must be taken on an empty stomach, and that is generally considered in the morning, so very empty stomach, in order to improve absorption. They must also be taken with a full glass of water because we very much do not want the tablets getting stuck or lodged in the esophagus for any length of time because this can lead to significant esophageal irritation and damage. Now, the patient must remain upright for 30 to 60 minutes after administration that could be sitting or standing. And again, this is to ensure that it does not stay in the esophagus. We want it to get down into the stomach. Additionally, in order to increase absorption, the individual should not eat, should not drink, or take any other medications for 30 to 60 minutes. And then contraindications to bisphosphonate therapy include, and there are a lot, renal disease, hypocalcemia, esophagitis, okay, that makes sense, right? Pregnancy, breastfeeding, and gastric ulcers. Additionally, individuals who cannot sit upright or stand upright for 30 to 60 minutes or who have difficulty swallowing will likely not be getting oral bisphosphonates. They would be getting an IV formulation rather than PO. They may get the elixir. They may get that effervescent tablet, but it really depends on the patient. But you got to stay upright for 30 to 60 minutes. So I think that'd make a great exam question, okay? Just saying. Okay, let's look at the assessment. How are we assessing patients taking bisphosphonates? So the patient is advised to have a dental exam prior to treatment and periodically, especially if, if treatment is long-term, because these medications can cause osteonecrosis of the jaw, especially if the individual has current oral infection or prior history of tooth extraction, malignancy, or jaw trauma, or if the patient's taking these medications and has any of these things occur. 
Additionally, serial bone scans are utilized to assess the patient's response to bisphosphonate therapy. And I talk about those bone scans more in that osteoporosis episode. So I really hope that you go check that out. And then looking at the teaching of this medication for patients taking bisphosphonates, we want to teach them all the necessary steps that they can take to promote healthy bones, such as taking calcium and vitamin D supplements as advised by their MD or nurse practitioner. Note that these are advised to be taken at a different time of day than the bisphosphonates as calcium can affect absorption. Remember, we're going to have our patient sit upright for 30 to 60 minutes after taking it and then not take any other meds during that time either. And then with calcium and vitamin D, the advice is just take it later in the day, like take your bisphosphonate in the morning, take your calcium and vitamin D possibly before bed, okay? Another thing that patients can do to promote healthy bones is to engage in regular exercise, such as walking or yoga, something like that. And then eating a diet rich in calcium foods, such as yogurt, spinach, broccoli, and cottage cheese. And then, of course, you want to teach them that safe administration. Drink that glass of water. Stay sitting upright for 30 to 60 minutes. Make sure they're taking it on an empty stomach and that they don't take in any more food, meds, or liquids during that time frame, okay? That, those are the key teaching elements. And now let's move to the last letter of our drugs framework, which is S for side effects. So what are the side effects of bisphosphonates? One of the most worrying side effects, adverse effects with bisphosphonates is esophageal irritation, which I touched on a bit earlier. This can range from esophagitis to esophageal erosion, ulceration, and perforation, which is incredibly serious. When that tablet sits against the mucosa of the esophagus, it compromises that protective lining of the mucosa, and this allows gastric acid to cause damage. This is why, again, it is absolutely imperative that your patient take the medication with full glass of water and remain upright for 30 to 60 minutes. Other GI adverse effects include nausea, indigestion, abdominal pain, flatulence, and constipation. Additionally, bisphosphonates commonly cause musculoskeletal pain, stiffness, they can cause fever electrolyte deficiencies, and even leukopenia. Though not as common, bisphosphonates can cause that osteonecrosis of the jaw, which is why, again, it is advised individuals get that thorough dental exam prior to initiating treatment and periodically throughout. And while it may seem counterintuitive, these medications can lead to stress fractures of the femur. This is thought to be due to oversuppression of bone turnover or an impaired ability to repair bone in individuals who take bisphosphonates for many years. So I hope this brief overview of bisphosphonates helps you understand this medication for your nursing school exams, case studies, and when you show up in clinical and your patient is taking this med. As promised, I will do a little bit of pod quizzing with you on this, and you can see how you like it. And again, if you enjoy it, if you think that it's helpful, what I really love about pod quizzes is 
this is a really great way to review in a more active format. Like listening to a podcast is great, especially if you're an auditory learner. But reviewing and actually thinking about questions and saying the answers is even more dynamic and more engaged. And it's just a really great way to review things without having to sit at your desk. How many of you are tired of sitting at your desk all the time? Um, It's just great to put in your AirPods or what have you and go out for a walk but also feel like you're still getting some really good studying done. So let's go through some pod quiz questions. I will ask you a question, pause for a moment, give you a little bit of time to answer, and then tell you the answer. Again, we're doing flashcards with our ears, and I do a lot of this in study sesh. So when we're looking at bisphosphonates, they are used to treat disorders of the bone by doing what? What do they inhibit? They inhibit osteoclast activity. And what is the role of the osteoclast? What does it do? It breaks down bone. Very good. So when we inhibit osteoclasts, what does this do to bone mineral density? It increases it. Excellent, excellent. So let's look at alendronate. What formulations does alendronate come in? So that is a PO medication. And if you just said PO, that's probably very, very good. Probably good enough. But if you wanted to get more detailed, you could have said tablets, effervescent tablets, and an elixir. How about ibandronate? What formulation does ibandronate come in? That is PO tablets and IV. What about resedronate? What formulation does resedronate come in? That is PO as well. And for bonus points, as immediate release and and extended release version. How about zoledronic acid? That is IV. And then the last one, what formulation is pomidronate? That is IV as well. Okay, so let's look at alendronate and the regular dose range for osteoporosis treatment. What was that dose range? Do you remember? It's just, even just if you're close, we'll count it. So osteoporosis treatment with alendronate, a common dose is 10 milligrams per day or 70 milligrams once per week. Very good. What about osteoporosis prevention? What would be the per day dose? If you said less than the treatment dose, gold star. If you want to get bonus points, 5 milligrams per day, and then 35 milligrams once per week. Very, very good. So now let's look a little bit at the uses of bisphosphonates. So again, we've talked a lot about osteoporosis, osteopenia. What about hypercalcemia? Hypercalcemia secondary to 
what? Secondary to malignancy. And then let's look at alendronate and resedronate. The studies show that one of these increases bone density more. Which one? Alendronate. It's also the most commonly prescribed bisphosphonate. When we look at ibandronate, the studies show it is specifically helpful for reducing what kind of fracture? Vertebral fracture. Very, very good. Okay, so we're giving our bisphosphonates to our patient. When are they going to be taking it? First thing in the morning. And what are they taking it with? A full glass of water. Very, very good. And why? Why do we need to take that with a full glass of water? We do not want that tablet to get stuck in the esophagus because it can lead to what? Esophageal irritation would be the broad answer. If you wanted to get much more specific, that could be esophagitis, esophageal ulcers, esophageal perforation. What does the individual need to do after they take their alendronate, for example? They need to remain upright, sitting or standing, for 30 to 60 minutes. What else do they need to do or not do? They should not eat, drink, or take other medications during that time period, that 30 to 60 minutes. Now, looking at other medications or other supplements that the patient might be taking, what were the two I mentioned specifically that the patient will most likely be prescribed? Calcium and vitamin D. Very good. And when should they be taking those? Basically at a different time of day than the bisphosphonates because that calcium can interfere with absorption. What kind of exam should the patient undergo before starting treatment and then periodically, especially if treatment is long-term? A dental exam. And why is that? What complication can occur with bisphosphonate therapy? Osteonecrosis of the jaw. And then the other common side effects are GI-related. Can you name a few of those? So nausea, indigestion, abdominal pain, flatulence, and constipation. And then for patients taking bisphosphonates for many years, what are they at risk for when it comes to the bone? I know that's kind of a general question, but... Maybe you remember it. Stress fractures of the femur. So there you have it. 
you did a pop quiz. How did it feel? I absolutely love it. That's why I dedicated a whole podcast to it. So if you're interested in learning more about Study Sesh, that is linked for you in the episode notes. So I will see you back here next week. We are going to be diving into an advanced cardiology concept looking at left ventricular assist devices. So see you then. Bye for now. This podcast is brought to you by Straight A Nursing. 